and God just reminded me of how useful and good this is, is I wrote a lament. Um, a lament is just, you know, a passionate word of sorrow, and it's a cry of the heart. Um, so I'm going to try and read it. Woo! But as I read it, I would love for you guys to stand and hold hands. Because God tells us that we as a community are to um, rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. And so some, t- some of us today, it's just a day to rejoice and to celebrate the beauty and the goodness that is in moms. But some of us, it's a really hard day for different reasons. Okay, so I'm going to read this, maybe. <laughs> Woo! And recognize that as you hold hands, you are, we are um, we're doing what God calls us to do. Um, okay. Sometimes loss is searing and acute, and sometimes our losses are more fluid and underground, triggered and evoked on a day dedicated to celebrating all things motherhood and mamas. For mothers gone in years past, we find ourselves still disoriented. Missing that pillar of strength and guiding counsel. There's always an echo reminding us of what was. Today we ache for that lost, comforting, courageous, and encouraging voice. For the babies lost this year, whether they were with us for days, weeks, or months, miscarriages leave us with a crushing grief that is often misunderstood and unacknowledged. Today our tears fall over those babes never held. Some in our community have lost a child, and today is yet another in what must be a winding river of sorrow. Today we continue to hold the weight and enormity of that profound loss. For the confusion and lost hopes from infertility on Mother's Day, the pain of that struggle is lasting and impacts all of who we are and filters how we experience this day. So today we bow to the grief of those unfulfilled desires. We feel the loss of dreams today. Some of us long for marriage and motherhood, and we have yet to see those dreams come to fruition. Today we feel the absence of what we do not have. And some mothers just never stepped up to the role. Where children should have found compassion, they've been met with pain, conflict, or simple indifference. Arms that were meant to comfort hastened abuse, confusion, or neglect. Some of us may never have known our mothers at all, and that hole will never be be filled. So today we cry out for what should have been. Some of us mamas cry because we aren't the mothers we want to be. Lord, we're imperfect. We stumble, we yell. We get frustrated way more than we want to. And so, Lord, we fall into your arms of grace and mercy. You are here. You will be here today. You will continue to be there every day that we walk with these sorrows, that we carry these hurts. Thank you for that.
Thank you for this community that we get to do motherhood together, that we get to make mistakes together, that we get to laugh together and cry together. Such a beautiful picture of your kingdom, Lord. Amen. Okay, thanks. Woo, got through that. (laughs) All right. So the second reason that I've always, that I volunteered to speak today is because I always thought, wouldn't it be great if on Mother's Day someone stood up and talked about God's heart as mother? You know, we sang this morning, like, you are a good, good father. And I sang, you are a good, good mother. Because he is. God is no more male than he is white. God isn't female either. So why do we understand God is male? You know, we aren't taught, Jesus didn't say to pray mother God. He taught us to pray Father God, our Father in heaven. So why is that? Um, first of all, remember that all of Revelation, as we have it, was written in a time and in a place. And the culture of that time and place, um, what was female was mistrusted um, and not valued very highly. And so... For anyone to write to a people group about a mother or a female figure, God figure, would not have been heard the same way as male. Okay, so there were two choices, maybe three. We could have, they could have written combination, male, female. They could have written male or female. So we said, okay, they're not going to write just about a female God. Why didn't they just switch it up or just leave it neutral? Um, and I would say, like, does anybody else have Alexa at their house? We have an Alexa at our house. And our kids, Alexa is she. We have bonded with Alexa to the point where, where is she? She is in what room? So when, but I think that, you know, God, Jesus knew we needed to bond relationally with a God that is very big and hard for us in our humanity to understand and embrace And so God wanted us to understand, or Jesus wants us to understand God as a parent. And yeah, he chose father in that time. But um, I think the important thing is to understand that we miss out on the breadth and depth of God's heart and who God is if we only think of God as father. That um, I love this, that God, when he introduces Eve, he introduces her as a helpmate. And so that word help, we actually sang about it today, Ebenezer. Um, Ezer is the word help. And in the Bible, it's used like 21 times, I think, in the Hebrew Bible, most of which it's referring to God, other times to the female. So the female is this help mate, and as a, as a mate, um, it's a mirror image. So the mirror image of what is male is female. And together, they show God, the complete heart of God. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of what I want to understand. If you think this is just me, like, oh, here we have this, I don't know, millennial? I'm not a millennial. What am I? Gen X? What? I don't know what I am. This, 
young, I'm not that young either, a person in this day and age, like, I know, we're all fighting for um, a voice. Women are fighting for a voice. Women are saying we haven't been heard, and that's true. But it's not a new concept that God is not male. Like, we've, theologians have understood that for a very long time, okay? I want to show this picture that Rembrandt painted um, of his understanding of the return of the prodigal son. If you want to read an amazing book, read Nowen's book on the return of the prodigal son. Um, but he talks, Nowen speaks so beautifully about the mother heart of God. Um, and he wrote, he wrote about this painting. He sat in front of Rembrandt's painting for a long time before he wrote that book. And one of the things, I read it in college, and I don't have a copy, so I couldn't go look it up. And, but I do remember that he pointed out something really cool about this painting, which I would not have noticed. But he points out that the father's hands are on the prodigal, and one hand is masculine, and the other hand is very feminine. So I'm going to pass this around. He uh, Rembrandt painted this in the 1600s. So it's not a new voice saying God is feminine also. Rembrandt saw it and felt like it was important enough to reflect on, too. Um, I think that's a really cool aspect of this picture. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I couldn't, I could have pulled out all of the scripture that you can find, you know, God metaphors for God as mother or feminine, but I didn't. Um, I have a list if you're curious, you know, even Jesus, when he mourns over Jerusalem, what does he say? As a mother hen, like I wanted to gather you under my feathers. You know, every time in Isaiah, when you read, uh, the eagle or, um, be taking refuge under the eagle's wings. Like, that's a mothering picture of God's heart for us. Um, but instead, um, so if you want those references, I could probably help you find them. But what I wanted to do is just read through a few verses of a psalm and tell you what I've learned about being a mother um, and God's heart. You know, Ryan and I talk about, we've talked to friends that don't want kids, and we would never, we would never ever try and convince someone that doesn't want kids to have kids. I didn't want kids really growing up. I was never like, I can't wait to be a mom. I think I babysat eight times, and I was like, that's not my job. (laughs) I like like kids now, but I didn't growing up. So I was never like longing for motherhood, you know? Wasn't really a value of mine, but becoming a parent has absolutely helped me understand God's heart. Because God's heart is a parent's heart for us, for you. And so I'm just going to run through um, just a few verses in Psalm 116. I, I took this version from the Amplified Bible, and I also took out the pronouns. So I'm not going to force Mother God on anyone today, but um, I'm not going to talk about him either. All right, so Psalm 116. I love the Lord. For Yahweh has heard, is hearing, and continues to hear my voice, my pleas, my cries, my heart. Because the Lord turned ear to me, I will call to God as long as I live. Um, Two things about that that I think as a parent I've learned. The Lord has heard, is hearing, and will continue to hear my heart. 
I don't know what it is, but I can hear my babies cry. From There can be a room, you know, we can be at Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, if you've never been there with kids, it's terrible. <laughs> but I can hear when it's my kid that's crying. We can be in a playground, and they may be very far off, but I know when it's my baby. And that is God's heart for us. He knows our cry. He knows when something's off. He knows it sometimes before we know it. And that is so beautiful. I love that God has heard, is hearing, and will continue to hear the cries of my heart. Um, There's something really powerful about that. And it's like in the songs we sung today too, but... um, I don't know if this is what maybe Scott was touching on a little bit too, but the it's been too long since I did my Hebrew dabbling. What is the verb? Con, I don't know. In Hebrew, in the if you were to read the scripture in Hebrew, you would have that understanding of past, present, and future tense, right? Like words are translated, and we say like, you are forgiven. But Jesus... Like, the Bible is actually, you were forgiven, you are forgiven, and you are being forgiven. Like, it's past, present, future. And I love that. And that is God, as a parent, is he's never going away. Like, you can't shake him. Um, so, so sweet. So I've learned that God hears me differently than just a voice in the crowd. And I've learned that um, he turns ear to me. God turns ear to me, and I will call to God as long as I live. He doesn't just hear me, but he turns to me. I think of the story of um, Hagar when she's pregnant. You know, she was abused, basically, by Abraham, and Sarah turns her away. And she's left alone which is a very scary place for a woman to be, and she's pregnant, and God meets her and says, I see you. And, well, he doesn't say that, but Hagar turns and says, I will call you El Roy. It's the only time in the Bible that that name is even used for God, but it's the God who sees me. As a parent, God sees us. Don't you want to be seen? I mean, I just think, like, that's the the desire of humanity. Every person in this room longs to be seen and known. And God's mother heart sees you and knows you. He hears your cry. All right, the next uh, part of the scripture says, The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. You know, I know that when things go from bad to worse, I pretty much always pick up the phone and call my mom. Not necessarily because she can do anything to fix it, but I just, I need to tell her. I need to let her know where I'm at and how I'm hurting. Um, and I hope that you understand God's heart that way, that he wants you to turn to him first. Um, Our moms were our first refuge in the womb. We were protected. We were safe from 
all of the atmosphere of this world. And I think that's why we call mom when we're hurting, is because that's a safe place for us. I would um, also just remind us that God is the perfect of um, everything that we experience here on earth. So yes, our moms are a great person to call and to reflect with, but they're going to do it imperfectly, where God does it perfectly. God is the perfect refuge, and he is the perfect hope. And I also wanted to say that, um, you know, as moms, I think, I've thought about this, and I think there's one thing worse to me then death of a child would be like a huge trauma to have to endure seeing your child go through a huge trauma. And my kids are little. And so I know there's a lot of moms in this room that have seen their kids endure really hard traumas. Um, And I want to encourage myself and other moms to just remember that this verse reminds us, I called on the name of the Lord Once the cords of death had entangled me, and the anguish of of the grave had come upon me. So those pains and those traumas are what drive us to God. The hardest thing as a mom or as a parent is to allow our babies to hurt. We want to hover, we want a helicopter, we want to save, but that's not our role anymore. We have to be imperfect mothers so that we can point our kids back to the one who brings true completion. And if your mom hasn't responded to a trauma or a hurt or a pain perfectly, give her grace and recognize that that just means you have more space to experience God's love for you. All right, the next part of the verse says, The Lord is gracious and consistently righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the childlike heart. When I was in great need, God met me and saved me. I think that I experienced the Holy Spirit the most in motherhood when I am just like, fried. I feel so fried. And the Holy Spirit like reminds me to get down on my kid's level. And they're complaining or they're sad or frustrated. And I just like don't want to go there. But instead of all the negative responses, I just kneel down and I look them in the eye and I say, yeah, that hurts. I'm sorry that hurts. I'm sorry your heart is sad right now. Like, that is the Holy Spirit working. That is not me. Um, And that is God's heart, you know? When we write those laments, like, he kneels down and he listens. And he looks you in the eye and he says, I'm so sorry, it hurts right now. So sorry, this is, this is painful. This is, this is sorrowful for you. That's God's heart. He's so full of compassion. And then I love that he protects the childlike heart. You know, as a parent, again, like, I don't leave the news on for my seven-year-old son to listen to. I'm protecting his heart. He doesn't need to know any of that. (laughs) And how does God protect our hearts? I had to think about that one, but 
I really believe God is gentle with us in how he reveals truth. Because we all have a lot of work to do and a lot of transforming to do. And guess what? We're never going to be complete in that until we are face to face with him. And so he could just like rip it all off and show us how very imperfect we are. But he just like reveals little bit by little bit. And unfortunately, that means we think like, oh, when I take care of this, then I'm going to be good. But there's never, you know, you just always have a little bit more to learn. But um, he's so gentle with us in that. He's so gentle in teaching us and molding us and transforming us into Christ likeness, which is such a gift. He protects the childlike heart. I love that. Um, and then the very last part of what I went through uh, is verse 7. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good and dealt generously with you. I just think of being at rest, you know, as a mother, um, when a baby wakes up in the middle of the night, like the easiest thing in the world is to just bring it into bed with you. And that baby will relax in two seconds when she or he finds your milk and soothes itself with you. And that is God's heart too. He longs for us to rest in his arms as a infant with a mother. To know the protection of that place, the sustenance of that place, the warmth. God wants you to know how to rest in his arms. When things are scary, when life is unpredictable, when you feel afraid, when you feel lost, God wants you to rest in the promise of his protection his sustenance, his love. Just like Micaiah, like look at her right now. She's resting in that safe place. Um, so maybe, maybe meditating on those verses, like that could be impactful for you. Maybe not. Maybe praying. Maybe you are at a place where you really can pray and like recognize God as a parent father and mother and you can put yourself in that space headwise um maybe not uh but either way i think i think it's hard for me too i'm not i'm not able to like just pray mother god that still feels awkward to me (laughs) um it's jarring but i think we have to press in and we have to recognize that god's heart is fuller and bigger than this picture of just a male, because God is not male. And if we don't, like, does it matter? I think it does matter for two reasons, because we only get part of the picture if we're only considering what is male as godly. And the second part is that we miss a huge, huge opportunity to bless and encourage the women in our lives if we don't recognize that how they are in this world is a reflection of God's heart. We reflect God's heart differently than the men in this room. All women do. And that is a good thing. And we need to be reminded of it. We need to look at the youngest girls and kids in the back with our 
people and say, you show God's heart to this world in a different way than the boys do. You show God's heart in a unique way. You show God's heart in an important way. And we need to raise them up knowing that they are created in the image, in the image of God, with an imprint of God's heart, just as much as the men are. I hope you guys hear that. Maybe Mother's Day can be more than just a day of flowers and whatever, but it can be a day to look someone in the eye that you care about, a woman, and say, you've really showed me God's love. You've showed me by being this and this and this. Whatever it is that person does. And that doesn't have to be just Mother's Day. That can be just because it's a Tuesday. Like, just show, tell people how you see God in them. That, to me, like, that would be the best compliment anyone could give me. I see God in you. Fill in the blank. All right. Um, I think that's all. Let me just double check. I just, I, I loved those songs that we sang today. And one of the songs, um, you make beautiful things, you know, like had to think like, is it, on Mother's Day, we have beautiful things, and women enjoy beautiful things, and that also is God's heart. You know, He creates beauty, and we, not all, only women, but a lot of women, appreciate that and want to bring that into our environments, and that is the heart of God. Isn't that cool? God, thank you for the uh, amazing truth that you, I mean, you didn't have to do it this way, but you, you implanted and you imprinted your image on the people in this room, not just generically, but personally. You love uniquely and every single woman and every single man, we all have a unique way of speaking your truth, of showing your beauty, of bringing your image to this world. That's such a miracle, God. I pray that the women today would hear that they are seen, that they are heard, that that we are valued because we are yours, that we are just as strong and just as beautiful just as compassionate as we will let you be through us, God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the joys and the sorrows. Thank you for the pain and the celebration. And thank you for this community, Lord. Just, gosh, the community that we get to do it together. We cry together. We laugh together. We stumble together. We get to be mommies and daddies together. And it's a crazy ride and it's hard. But we're grateful for it, Lord, because this is the life you've given us. Go with us today as we celebrate and as we laugh and as we hug moms and women. It's good to be here. It's good to praise you and worship you. King of kings, Lord of lords, in our
good father and our good mother. Amen.